Hey, howdy, hey. Welcome, Welcome to the Texans Take. Okay, right. we are back. I've got me a, a little glass of Knob Creek, and Briggs got a glass of wine, so I'd say we're off to a good start. Um, well, I had something a little different um, this last weekend. So last week was rough, very rough. I would say for both of us, really. <laughs> yeah, different sides of that coin. Yeah, so... Um, I was just absolutely loaded down with work and stressed out all day. So I'd get home and just be like, you know what? If it takes thinking, I don't really want to do it. And uh, Briggs been kind of down all week with stomach bug. And uh, so anyway, it's been a little rough. Now, last week was a bad, not a bad. It wasn't a bad week. It was just a rough week. And last week was a rough week for me in particular because um, my pastor is on vacation and he asked me to preach uh, for last Sunday. And so I was like, yeah, I, I can do that. Um, I, had another, I had an extra week before, um, but uh, Uncle Neil was going on. Basically, Uncle Neil was going to do last Sunday and then I was going to do this Sunday, one coming up. Um, and then uncle Neil sends me a text and says, Hey, can you cover for me? Because I'm actually going to be on vacation. So pastor and uncle Neil are on vacation. So it's up to Stewie to do the service. I'm like, all right, I can do it. We actually have our good are you, friend are you doing this coming week too. No, fortunately, yeah. uh, John Knight's going to be doing it. So next Sunday would be a good day to come to church. Cause you're going to get a nice sermon from John Knight. Yep. Um, he and his wife are back, um, from Thailand. Uh, we've prayed for them before. Uh, Miss Phyllis listens to our podcast, and um, uh, and they're missionaries in Thailand, and previously China, right? Previously China, That's they couldn't they get back into. Well, they could get back into China, but the restrictions, you know, they were basically being forced to take the Chinese variant of uh, the COVID vaccine, and they're like not doing it. Big no. Yeah. And so much, much respect for them. But it was it was a hard thing to do really hard because that's where their heart was, was in China. And so they had to do, um, you know, um, they felt called uh, to minister in China. Anyway, um, they've diverted to Thailand and hopefully they'll go back to China eventually. But um, they're working with um, a uh, Bible translator uh institute and i guess they're having to learning a whole new language now or yeah, yeah yeah so i believe it's the Hmong dialect and if i'm wrong on that then miss phyllis will probably tell me on thursday um <laughs> <laughs> uh but anyway so we've been praying for them before and they're here in town um been uh been really good to see them and they were actually there last sunday so they got to see my sermon um and so John's going to be teaching next Sunday. Shout out anyone in the Black Mountain area. Come on to church like you got Prez. Hear a good sermon. Um, but yeah, it was absolutely wonderful uh, to do this service. It was a lot of time. It took my entire Saturday. Uh, I, I pulled a Martin and did my sermon on Saturday. Um, but uh, I got with my grandfather-in-law before that. When I had the the roughest outline for a sermon that I had like five bullet points and half of them didn't really make sense. 
Um, and anyway, uh, Earl said that he'd do the bulletin for me. So I was like, that'd be absolutely wonderful. And so he did the, uh, he did the bulletin I got with him. And, uh, when you go to Earl's, he's like, um, I will be having a drink. Um, why, why aren't you drinking? It's an open bar. You know where it is, don't you? <laughs> I'm like, yes, I do. I, I will go help myself to a little E and J. So, uh, <laughs> it was very, very nice. Um, and, uh, we sipped a little and worked on the yeah, bulletin. I don't, have, and... I don't have an ice maker on my bar. Oh yeah, I think that's what I'm missing. <laughs> he does have an ice maker. It's very nice. Um, but uh, anyway, so uh, we put the bulletins together, and um, actually, it was it was even sadder because I go there on Friday, pretty much and completely unprepared. Um, I have the hymns that I'm going to do, and then a general sermon outline. And Earl's just kind of like, oh, that's okay. The, the hymns take me the longest to do, so I'll work on that. I'm sure you'll have something for me tomorrow, won't you? And I was like, yes, yes, I will. So um, I got up early on Saturday and worked on the sermon and got everything together the way I liked it, put together an outline for the bulletin and sent that to Earl. And then later in the day, went over there to proofread it with him. And my lovely wife, um, she she proofreads just for giggles and chuckles, um, and <laughs> you will not be giggling and chuckling when she tells you everything that you got wrong, uh, um, but uh, she will be, so she gets the enjoyment out of it. But anyway, she does a really good job of proofreading, so um, everything in the bulletin was well proofread and uh, put together, and Earl did a nice large size uh, for those that wanted it. We got a lot of old people in our church, and you know... When you can't see as well and you don't like to hold up a big heavy book and all that, you know, a nice little paper bulletin is really nice. It's it's hard to find a good proofreader because like Allie doesn't. That's not her strong suit. Oh, yeah. I'm the proofreader. OK. And okay. so usually I have a strange, weird way of doing it. I'll do it and then I'll read it. And I'll think it's fine. Then I'll set it down and come back to it in three hours. And yes, yes. Find 15 things that I messed up on. Yeah. And then I'll set it down and come back to it in three hours. And then once I can't find anything else wrong with it, I'll send it to dad. Yeah. And then when I send it to dad and it comes back with 13 things wrong, I'm going. Oh, boy. Oh, dad. My dad is a good proofreader. He really is. Which is funny because if you read everything that he writes, it's not very well proofread. But yeah. if he reads somebody else's something or other, it's very well proofread. He'll see everything. Yeah, that's that's why I always like I'll, I'll read it several times until I can't find anything else wrong with my own work. Yeah. And then I'll send it to dad. Yeah. And uh, and that's that's how that kind of goes. Yeah. Um, absolutely. So anyway, last week was long for me, not because of the sermon. That was the refreshing part of it, actually. It was long because I had an audit all week long with NADCAP. And this is the first real audit that I've done. I've done other internal audits, and we spent three months doing internal audits and stuff for this audit, which is an external audit. And then we get to the audit, and it's just this long week. It's a five five-day audit. So about eight in the morning, about eight in the morning to three in the afternoon with a 30-minute lunch break. And we're just sitting there in a room, you know, answering questions to the auditor, showing him special processes, uh, him taking notes. And we're sitting there going, oh, this isn't going well. 
and blah 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 blah. Then we get back in there. Then we got to do the paper paperwork behind it. And then he asks us questions that we don't have answers to. And just like, oh my goodness, it's a lot. And so, anyway, as soon as I got home, I was just like, there is, yeah, I don't want to do anything that involves thinking. Just sit down, drink something, you know, play a little something, uh, watch some movie, uh, sit with my wife and then go to bed and so anyway i put together a rough outline for the sermon on wednesday evening and it was very rough because i didn't work very long on it and then friday comes along just as soon as i'm done with work on friday i'm like yay it's weekend time oh wait i don't have a weekend (laughs) because i'm working on the sermon stuff which i tell you it was tough but it was not like hard or difficult and it was not like it's not as bad as you would think it wasn't stressful honestly i loved every bit of it i loved every bit of it anytime i've ever put together a bible study something like that it's it's just it's it's you you learn a lot too you do you learn so much and i will tell you what every time i've done a sunday school class i was gonna say something like sermon but i've only done it once now they're very similar uh yeah yeah honestly you should put them together kind of sort of the same way um, you can be a lot more lenient with the Sunday school class just because with the sermon, I believe that when you do a sermon, you've got to find out where Jesus is. Mm-hmm. If you don't, then you're kind of missing the point of feeding the sheep. And in a Sunday school, you should honestly be doing the same thing. You're cultivating it though. It's but different. you're cultivating it though. That's yeah, right. It's, it's definitely different. Um, and uh, But if you treat them the same way, you know, if you study for them the same way, then you're that's a better way of saying it. If you study for it the same you're, way, you're doing well. Yeah. And so, honestly, every time I do one, which isn't that much, but when I do, I always come away with more than everybody else is going to get. Yeah. You know what I mean? Somewhere I still have the two or three outlines that I did. Because, I mean, think about it. It's a time that you're spending with just you and God, you know. And I spent all of Saturday and most of my preparation was just praying uh a lot of it was not thinking about you know what bible verses thinking about what topics thinking about what hymns you know i just spent most of my time praying about it and uh then i get down to it and you know it was very enjoyable um so what i did on saturday this is a little tip for those that don't have a drinking problem if you have a drinking problem do not follow my tips at all but um, uh, I had coffee on Saturday morning, and I added a little, uh, about a shot of whiskey to it, just because when you have like a tall glass of coffee, and you add a little extra cream, get some sweetener in there, make sure it's a dark roast, and put a shot of whiskey in there, it's it's like a it's like a cheap Irish coffee, but it's so good, it's just mm. wonderful. And so when I started studying Saturday morning, I had that. I was like, my, this is really good. Well, then Juliana comes in and is like, would you like something else to drink? I can make you some more coffee. And I was like, oh, well, yeah, I I could use some coffee. And so she's like, great. And I was like, are you going to, you know, um, add some stuff to it? You know, like the cream and the sweetener. She's like, of course, I know how you like your coffee. I was like, okay, thank you. And then she goes, would you like a shot of whiskey? I was like, Oh, yes, please. (laughs) And so I had two of those. 
which, you know, a shot of whiskey is not much. Yeah, it really much. isn't much at all. It's not enough to do anything, even if you drink it all at once. I mean, you've got three in the glass right now. Yeah, there. and I'm a I'm a big dude, so I don't really need to worry about that. But anyway, later in the day, um, Juliana doesn't really want to make too much for supper just because it's Saturday. And, you know, so I think we had pizza or something. I forget. She'll tell me what we had. Um, but what I do remember <laughs> is um, uh, she comes back with surprise. And generally, whenever Juliana says, hey, I have a surprise for you, I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. Like, mm -hmm. peak of my day right here. And so I see a six-pack can of orange beer. And when I say orange beer, what I mean is it's the Catawba Brewing. I forget what it's called, but it's basically their pumpkin beer. Oh, son, it is so good. If you've not tried it, Brig, or if you like anything pumpkin, you've got to do this. Stop shaking your head. Quit that. Stop it. Now tell me your honest opinion and do it gently and kindly so I don't cry. <laughs> I just hate pumpkin everything. Do you I really? I don't like pumpkins any either. No, no way. Yeah, I hate them. I can't stand the smell of them. I can't stand. Oh, good. I'm going to bring a six pack and it's all mine. Yeah, Actually, probably, no, you, you, you'll try it just so you can see if you like it or not. I probably would because I have a I I've learned my lesson on that. You try it at least once so you can say you don't like That's it. Right. That's right. But I, I have never found anything pumpkin, even well, to the, even to the smell like out of no, I, subconsciously I I'm putting lavender on my nose. <laughs> I, I understand. I understand. So I got some free beer about a week ago and it was a pumpkin. Uh, beer from um you told me about this yeah, yeah 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 from new belgian and it has a habanero in it yeah this, and I wouldn't i've never had a pepper beer that i've ever liked ever and so i try and so you that's know, like pepper jelly like I, i've had yeah. like uh jalapeno jelly it's it's not and so i tried the beer and i was no no, no i didn't try it i said i will take it it's free i you know absolutely i'll take it I've never liked stuff like this, but you're trying to get rid of it, so I will help you out. So I took it. I tried one. I drank the whole thing. I regretted every minute of it. It was yeah, absolutely you do. terrible. You always it was do. Horrible. It's just yeah. But I, I had to try it, you know. And I'm not just gonna throw out good beer, you know, even if it's bad beer. <laughs> Depends on the beer, y'all. I'm not gonna throw out good beer, even if it is bad beer. <laughs> if it's an IPA, then I'll shoot it. Why but... don't you just say I'm not gonna throw out beer? Honestly, I should just know? save the IPAs for you. But Juliana does get so much joy out of shooting them. Shoot, um, shoot the pumpkin beers. No, that stuff is good. Save the IPAs. For um, but anyway, so anyway, so she comes back with this beer, and I see that, and I'm just like, oh, son. So then she pulls out my frozen Stein from the freezer, and I get three glasses of beer, and I tell you what, that that sermon came together. It Out of really three glasses, came of beer. together. And I, I, I fully believe it. if you look at, you know, um, especially, especially all of the German, um, you know, theologians, you know, Germans do not take their beer lightly. They're very serious about it. And that's all they drink. If you go to monasteries and stuff like that, they make their own beer, they make their own uh, mead and stuff like that. And so I fully believe that, you know, back when a lot of some, of the, you know, the greatest work in uh, Bible study uh you know good 500 years ago i think that they were drinking beer doing it and uh so anyway i i feel like i should continue the trend 
And in all honesty, like I said at the beginning, golly, Pete, if you have a trouble, if you have a drinking problem, do not follow my advice. It's terrible advice. Ah, horrible. But if you don't have any issue with beer at all, God gave it to us for our enjoyment, and I'm enjoying that right now. This is very good. Oh, with that, we're going to take a break right here, and we'll be right back. All right, we are back. We are back. So, um, because it's kind of easy for us to, um, you know, it sometimes we just pick up rando um, ideas for the podcast, rando, and, and I like talk that. about it. I like that word. Um, just because you know we're Christians, so we should be able to talk about anything. Um, but uh, since I did the sermon on Sunday, I was thinking, oh well. This should be a quick and easy, you know, I've literally everything, got everything down. Which I'm glad you did, because I was still recovering from death. Yeah. Because, like, I was I was intending on going to to be there when he had the sermon, and I literally, halfway through the day, I knew I'd already missed it, because I could not stay out of the, you know, restroom. And I was just like, hey, how's it going? How, I think I asked you how the pot, how the, um, the sermon went. Yeah. And then, when you brought it up, the idea to, because I had nothing prepped for this week. Yeah. And thank you so much for asking how it went. Yeah, I was, I, really I, I was thinking about it because I was like, man, I didn't get to go. I was planning on being there. And I got I got ready for it and everything, and I couldn't stay out of the bathroom. Uh, I, just, I was yeah. like, and I, I just knew oh, there's no, because the way our church is set up, honestly, I'd have probably tried to wing it if it wasn't going to be so disruptive. But I could, <laughs> I could tell. <laughs> I'd be up there at the pulpit. There'd be sounds coming from the back of the church. Ooh. It's got to be some sort of like, that's got to be part of a pastor's training. You know what I mean? If you can take that and keep on just talking as if nothing's happened, then you're good to go. You're good to go. So, uh, yeah, I, I did. Just... I had the thought of like, maybe I can, I can just like get there and just, it's close. To, if I sit in the back. You know, yeah. I can I can get up and slide out a couple of times. Then I got to thinking about, I was like, man, it's twenty minutes to the church. Yeah, that's a long, I don't long know. time to wait. I don't know if I can make yeah. it to the church. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, the devil won that day. That's right. Because um, I was I was really planning on on doing that, but. Um, well, you'll hear it today. So yeah, it's not the same, but yeah. Uh. Anyway, so well, what was it on? The sermon was on well here's the here's the title of my sermon. I am a jealous God. And so uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and start out the spiel here. Um, so uh, I looked up the Webster's dictionary of eighteen twenty eight for the word jealous. Do you have a hard copy of that? I wish I did, but I do not. There's an online copy of the Webster's 1828. And you just hope it hasn't been altered. <laughs> I hope it hasn't been altered. But I like to use that one just because, you know, when you when you look at... I mean, if you go on Google and look up Jealous right now, you will not see the same definition that I have in front of me. No. and They, they, they change slowly over time. And I want an older definition because it's closer to, you know, obviously it's closer to the, the, the definition of Jealous that they would use in Scripture. Yeah. You know... Kent Hoban talked about that because he's he's like you. I want to look at this one, yeah, um, because this is the earliest one. Yes, um, and and he said in one of his little seminars that there's certain words in the Bible that we've translated uh, inherently wrong, 
over time because we're using wrong definitions. And he was talking about different, and this is why you have to really, you have to really know your types of like what Bible that you're reading. Yeah. How does that originate? Where does it come from? Because he said certain words in the Bible, like, you know, describing creation, you know, the word plenish was initially plenish. But if you, if you look at the word they used to define it, it was replenish. So they define plenish with replenish. Mm -hmm. Hmm. So like now the word that they used, which meant plenish and the definition that correlated with that in the 1828 dictionary, that was synonymous. Yeah. But if you go, you know, down to our current dictionary, it means to fill again. Yeah. Not to fill. Yeah. The word plenish means to fill again if they look at it like that. Yeah. So they've redefined some of these words. So I agree. It's 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 important to do your research. It really is, you know. Um, so anyway, um, I'm gonna go ahead and read a couple of these. So jealous, adjective, jealous, suspicious, apprehensive of rivalship. Did you say it like that? Yes. Uneasy through fear that another has withdrawn or may withdraw from one the affections of a person he loves or enjoys some good which he desires to obtain, followed by of and applied both to the object of love. Did you also read it like that? Um, I might have. I don't remember. You'll have to ask Juliana. That would have been insanely awesome. Now I'm sorry. Yeah. I should have risked the 20 minutes. We say a young man is jealous of the woman he loves or jealous of his rival. A man is jealous of his wife and the wife of her husband. So that's the first big definition of jealous. The next one will go down. Suspicious that we do not enjoy the affection or respect of others or that another is more loved and respected than ourselves. Emulous, full of competition. Solicitous to defend the honor of, concern for the character of. Suspiciously vigilant, anxious, careful, and concerned for, and suspiciously fearful. So those are all the definitions of jealous that we see in the Webster's 1828 Dictionary. Um, And all of those do actually match up with more or less the way we think about jealousy now. But let me go a little bit deeper. Um... Let's see. Suspicious and apprehensive rivalship, uneasy uh, through fear that another has withdrawn or may withdraw from one the, uh, or may fr- withdraw from one the affections of a person he loves. So if I love somebody, I, I, I love my wife. OK, if she if I feel if I am suspicious, if I am apprehensive of rivalship, if I am uneasy through fear that she is interested in somebody else affectionately relationship wise. I'm going to be jealous. That is what jealous means. So moving on here, the Hebrew word for jealous is kana or kana. And it can also mean zealous. Now the Greek word for jealous is zealous. So zealous, zealous, you know, comes from the same word in Greek. Um, and throughout all of this scripture that I'm giving you, the word in the Greek for jealousy is going to be zealous, and the word for, um, jealous in Hebrew is going to be kana or kan or kana. Um, and they all basically mean the same thing. They come from the same jealous or jealousy. Okay. 
So jealousy is something we usually do not hold in a positive light. Today, this evening, we're going to look at this word jealous and see how it relates to God. For example, in Job 5.2. Now, I'm going to apologize ahead of time for those of you out there that love so much that use the New King James Version. I'm not actually using that today. I actually did my study with the ESV, so I apologize. Read the ESV. Everything that I tell you, all the scripture that I give you is going to be from the ESV. Um, and are you are, we, are you high fiving me or what are you doing over there? Brig loves the ESV, y'all. I do too. It is fantastic. I I like the King James, but here's here's the problem. In fact, Allie and I talked about this the other day. Yeah. The problem with the King James is everything was dictated after the Geneva the Geneva Conference via King James to say what was in the Bible. And on top of that, now, they did do a very good job, but it's also so hard to read if you don't actually use your mind. Well, it's Shakespearean English. It is. It's very poetic. It's beautiful. But it's also one of those things that it's like, people today don't comprehend that well. They don't. I know what it says. I have one that I use all the time for my normal readings, and I read it in my head, and I understand it perfectly. Now, here's Don't something cool. Don't read it cool. out loud. Here's something cool. A little bit of trivia. Um, if anybody knows the story or knows about historically, um, uh, ah, shoot, what's his name? He's from Tennessee. World War One hero. Um, yeah, I don't even know where you're going with this. I'm sorry. Oh, I just forgot. Sergeant York. Alvin York. Yep. You know the story of Alvin York? Yes. I've, I've heard of it. He's a World that. War I sharpshooter. He's an incredible hero. Um, look at him up. He's pretty cool. There's a movie about him with Gary Cooper. Um, and um, anyway, uh, he actually talked with more or less Shakespearean English. Now, he was from so country Tennessee that it makes country people look city. Okay. He was very, oh, yeah, very country. Here's how country he was. Here's how far out he was. His education, just like people way out there, literally came from pretty much the only book that a lot of people had, the King James Bible. And so when he talked, he actually talked with a lot of these and thous. He talked kind of funny, but in a Victorian not a Victorian, but a King James kind of way. Did he beseech thee? That's, he used, and the reason is because <laughs> his education come from the KJV, okay? and if His education come from. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so uh, that's the reason uh, a lot of uh, country folk back in World War One time talked, you know, with basically King James English. It's because um, It's because that was the only book that they really cared to read was the Bible. It's the only book, you know, and if your only education comes from Scripture, or from the King James Version, you're going to talk with the King James uh, English. And you'll actually have an arguably better vocabulary than anybody now. Uh, but let's keep on reading. So in Job 5.2, we're going to look at jealousy here. Surely vexation kills the fool, and jealousy slays the simple. Okay. 1 Corinthians 3.3. But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you are not ready for it. And even now you are not 
you are not yet ready. For are you still of the flesh? For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? Galatians 5, 19 through 21. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Genesis 37.11. This is about Joseph and his dreams of power over his brothers. Remember the, the stars and the bowing down and all that. And his brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the saying in mind. Jealousy is the reason that they sold him into slavery. They were jealous of their brother. They're jealous of the way that their father loved Joseph more than the rest of them. Now, Scripture, when you read those verses, jealousy sounds like a bad thing, okay? Jealousy slays the simple, okay? Um, and let's see, for there were, uh, for while there is jealousy and strife among you, you are, are you not of the flesh and behaving as a human or in a human way, not a godly way? This is the biggest one here. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, blah, 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 fluff, 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 jealousy, fits of, fits of anger, blah, 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 blah. But I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do, do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Jealousy and the kingdom of God. Okay, how do those go together? Now, I apologize also because I need to read you some scripture. Um, I, this is my uh, this is my outline, uh, my notes that I gave you, and I didn't read you vital scripture uh, from the beginning of the sermon that I gave, and uh, that is the sermon text scripture. Uh, let me read that. <laughs> this is this is from Exodus twenty one through six. This is when I said I am a jealous God is the name of the sermon. This is the scripture that I pulled from Exodus twenty one through six, and God spoke these words saying. I am the Lord your God who brought you out the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments. Okay. Now, Exodus 34, 11 through 16. Observe what I command you this day. Behold, I am driving out from before you the Amorite and the Canaanite and the Hittite and the Perizzite and the Hivite and the Jebusite. Take heed to yourself lest you make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land where you are going, lest it be a snare in your midst. But you shall destroy their altars, break their sacred pillars, and cut down their wooden images, for you shall worship no other god. For the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous god. 
lest you make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land, and they play the harlot with their gods and make sacrifice to their gods, and one of them invites you to eat of his sacrifice, and you take of his daughters for your sons, and his daughters play the harlot with their gods and make your sons play the harlot with their gods. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, we see here that God says, I am a jealous God. Not only does he say that, oh, even stronger than that, he says, my name is jealous. Now, when God says his name is jealous, I am a jealous God, all throughout the Old Testament, you see God referring to himself as jealous. But in Galatians 5, 19 through 21, all of these evil sins here, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, strife, orgies, fits of anger, jealousy is listed among them. He even says, I warn you as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Other times in the New Testament, 1 Corinthians also, um, jealousy is looked at in a bad light. While there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh? So how do we put these together? Okay. God is a jealous God, yet jealousy is evil. Does that mean that God is evil? Let's look into this further. But the Bible also puts it in a good light. The scripture text for the sermon is not the only place where it calls jealousy an attribute of the name of God and something we should strive for. For example, in Deuteronomy 4.24, For the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. Deuteronomy 5.9 restates Exodus 25 when he says, I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the blah, 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 blah. Yes. So what is the full picture of jealousy? How can it be a godly thing, yet bad or evil? It's a good question. Jealousy is a good thing. I say that, and I have to say that as a Christian. I have to say jealousy is a good thing because God says, my name is jealousy. I am a jealous God, so it must be a good thing. But it, it, we, we need to look a little bit deeper here. Okay. If there is good and uh, so, listen to this. This is this is this is what I've come to the conclusion of from reading scripture. Jealousy is a good thing if there is a good and valid reason to be jealous. Jealousy is a bad or evil thing if. There is no reason to be jealous, or if envy is involved. In 1 Corinthians 3, where we saw earlier, where um, Paul is telling them, are you not acting as humans with all of these jealousies? Uh, we are told of the reason the Corinthians had jealousies, but only later on in the chapter. So let's look at 1 Corinthians 3, 4. He says, for when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos. Are you not being merely human? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed, as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. They were being jealous of God's people rather than God. In Galatians 5, 19 through 21. That, that right there, I have to break and say that. That right there kind of answers a lot of the free will topic. Yeah. I mean, just saying. Uh, say more about that. What, what are your thoughts? So, 
if you read read that again, read sure, sure, sure. Read that text you just read. Uh, for when one says, "I follow Paul," another, "I follow Apollos," are you not being merely human? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed, as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. Right. So. Look at that as the whole body of Christ. Yeah. You have the whole body of Christ yeah. working to develop this, but who is the person that actually is the mover and shaker? Is the mover and shaker? It is God. God. Now, if you take that back to, you know, um, you know, the idea of I control my life, to an to an extent, I'll agree with you. Sure, you do. But also understand that everything that happens, God has planned out. Okay. Yeah. I like this as a good analogy. I I I don't have this aspect, but I know back when I was in my teens, this was a big thing. Everybody had a DVR. Yes. Everybody had a DVR. I remember the so, DVR. So let's say I wanted to watch my favorite football game, but I was going to be away that weekend. I had work. So I recorded it. Mm-hmm. Now, when I get home, I'm ready to watch the game that's already happened. Mm-hmm. But while I'm on the way home, my best friend is sending me a text message, play of play, because he's watching the game as it happens. Well, just because I now watch the game doesn't mean the game's going to change. Yeah. The game's exactly the way it was. The game's exactly the way it always will be. And those certain players had to still make the certain moves to win or lose that game. And you have to look at it from that. Everything that God puts, he, he puts a person in your life that's going to change the direction or course of your life. So water, plant, but God's the one that's initially going to be planning that out and growing it. Yeah, I like that. That's, that's good. you know, j- just because because you have to look at that is, you know, if those players on that field hadn't have reacted that that way that day, your team wouldn't have won. Yes. Or, or lost. Yeah. You know, um, so you just kind of food for thought. I like that. That's good. Um, so anyway, they were being jealous of God's people rather than God. So in Galatians 5, 19 through 21, jealousy is listed with sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, fits of anger, rivalries, fluff. <laughs> fluff. Jealousy for <laughs> or fluff. with any of these other attributes is indeed evil because one is being jealous for an evil thing, i.e. for something that is against God. It is bad that Joseph's brothers were jealous of him because they were also envious of him. They were jealous of the wrong attribute. They were jealous with the wrong attitude. This concept is along the same lines as the concept of sinless anger. There is nothing inherently sinful about anger. We are commanded to have a righteous anger, to be angry and not sin. They are passions and emotions that in themselves are not sinful. It's when you tag on a sin to them that the passions or emotions become a bad thing. It's not in the Bible in any verse, word for word anyway, but it's almost as if the scripture commands us to be jealous and not sin. Righteous jealousy. Let's look at righteous jealousy now. Uh, do, do we need to take a break? How are we doing on time? Uh, we should probably take a break right We'll here. be right back, y'all. All right, we are back. When it comes to the subject of ears, 
we is back. Okay, so, uh, <laughs> um, anyway, so let's look at righteous jealousy. So let's look at the reason God is jealous at all. God calls himself a jealous God because he is in a covenant with his church. Not a, a coven. Not a, a coven, covenant. a covenant with his church. A marital covenant. We are his bride, according, according to Revelations 21 and 22. But say apparently uh iphones changed that by the way just so you know because <laughs> no. I, I, I texted you something about a covenant the other day i saw that and it kept putting coven no ah that's terrible and i didn't notice it until an hour later that I, that I had sent you know something about god has a coven i can see brig over there texting ah ah get thee behind me satan <laughs> It's horrible when it does that. And what's really bad is I'll send, I'll, I'll retype it and send it, and it'll say the same thing. Retype it, send it, and say the same thing. Retype it, send it, and say the same thing. I'm like, stop doing that. Yeah. Retype it, space forward, space back, send it the way I want it. Okay. Yeah, that's 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 freaking annoying. Anyway, I've, I don't know what word I did that with the other day, but I sent it like four or five times. And it still kept, it was just like, all right, fine. You know what I mean. uh, uh, You were doing that with me. Uh, was I, what was it? What was the word? Hold on. Let me see if I can find it. Cause it was, a, it was freaking hilarious. I got a good hearty <laughs> laugh out of that. Uh, hold on. It wasn't too far back. <laughs> it's just like, yes, yes, yes. You know, I think. On a side note, I got my new laptop back. Cause I hey, can't find my other one. Nice. My other one just evaporated. Uh, let's see. No, it's before that. Come on, it's around here somewhere. You know, maybe it's not around here somewhere. You know, I did delete a lot of texts. See, I do. I go in spurts. And so, hopefully, oh, I might have deleted. Dang, it was pretty funny. I don't. I really, I haven't deleted anything from Signal. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, y'all. I deleted it. Because Signal's not my primary. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, we are his bride, according to Revelations 21 <laughs> and 22. So we must look at God's jealousy in a marital light. God's jealousy, God's righteous jealousy, is reflected in the laws he gave to his people. All right. So we already saw in Exodus and Deuteronomy where God says, Serve me only, for I am jealous but also in the book of Numbers. Okay, so this is an interesting passage that a lot of people don't look at too often. Now, am I mistaken, but didn't didn't God also, and I may be jumping ahead, I haven't read all of Go this. Go for it, yeah. But didn't God also have a conversation with Moses about being a jealous God? Yes, yes, many times, was many I, times. Was I jumping ahead? No, <laughs> I mean, up? I could not list the number of times because I would be preaching the whole old testament no but that that is a good one because and i'm just thinking of it from you know a person that is extremely sinful like moses well when god gives it also has aspects of jealousy in his own yeah, life absolutely that it's one of those things when god repeatedly has to like bring your soul out of your body and go i am a jealous god mm -hmm. um you know all my wonders yeah yeah um, but anyway, this is an interesting part because uh, uh, of the Old Testament because 
it's something that I don't know. We just don't use we don't reference reference this verse that often. But look at this in Numbers five twelve through the rest of the chapter. God gives an adultery test for husbands who are jealous of their wives because they suspect <laughs> unfaithfulness. You can see why we don't talk about it that often. <laughs> they would take the wife before a priest in Numbers five fourteen. And if the spirit of jealousy comes over him, and he is jealous of his wife who has defiled herself, or if the spirit of jealousy comes over him and he is jealous of his wife, though she has not defiled herself, then the man shall bring his wife to the priest and bring an offering required of her, a tenth of an ephah of barley flour. He shall pour no oil on it and put no frankincense on it, for it is a grain offering of jealousy." a grain offering of remembrance, bringing iniquity to remembrance. Then he eventually makes her swear an oath that she didn't do anything wrong. If she did not, she's good to go. But if she did, then God would send her curses, infertility, and such, because she whored after another man and then lied about it under oath. Um, about it. I didn't want to read too much into that verse other than the husband in this case was filled with righteous jealousy because he thought his wife was that is That is a good reference. And God accommodated that in law. Okay. Very interesting. Very interesting. From this law, we see that God holds the marriage covenant very seriously. Oh, yeah. Now, that is a place in the Bible. There's too many places to list here about how strongly God wants this marriage covenant to be uh, faithful. And how seriously he thinks of the marriage covenant. God's righteous jealousy is reflected in his constant righteous anger towards his people. His people are constantly whoring after other gods, so much so that he commands Hosea to marry an adulterous wife and be a that faithful is. husband to reflect the relationship between God's people and him. God is very jealous with his people whoring after other gods, as Hosea has Hosea would be jealous towards Gomer whoring after other men. That is one of, and I, I've said this. I feel bad for Hosea. Well, I've said this many times, and this is a, this is straight from Jay Adams. I, that is one of my favorite points in scripture. Yeah. And it's, it's a, it's kind of a contrary. Hey, it's kind of weird that a guy would hold that as, Hey, that's, that's really awesome. Um, uh, but what you have to think about, and Jay Adams highlights this in more than one book. I've read a ton of Jay Adams' books, and, and he goes back to this a lot. And it's the idea that God is holding someone responsible. Yeah. But what it is, it's the opposite side of that token. You know, you've been commanded to marry this woman. You knew what she was before you married her. Yeah. And then he wants to leave her. Because she's what he knew she was when he married her. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, that's not the way this works. Yeah. You know, uh, you take the good with the bad. And at this point, you are. And what's funny about Hosea is that is whether we want to. It's not a shadowing of Christ, but it is a shadowing. And if anyone has read enough of the Bible, it's a shadowing of Israel and God. That is what that is. Exactly it is a it is. pure, it is a pure image, and that's and that is one of the things that you know 
God is in the process during Hosea's time of trying to just spank the Israelites to get them to come back. And so he picks this one person to to kind of be an be an image for us that, you know, God still loves you when you do the stupid things that you do every day. I do. Yeah. You do. Yeah. We all do. He still loves you. He still tries to pull you back. He doesn't, you know, go to the extent of just saying, well, you suck. Sucks to be you. Bye. Yeah. Uh, you know, until you, I guess, get really, really, you know, I, mean, I guess if you completely turn tokens but i mean we've talked about uh what is it juan ramirez is that what it yes, is juan you know ramirez. you can't take away what's god's no you literally can't you cannot take it away and so that's a that's a perfect imagery there of god saying no i still love you so you love her that's yeah. the way this works exactly exactly so god's jealousy is very relatable in the light of a marriage and that is how we are to think and feel about it. If we were not jealous towards a spouse in regards to unfaithfulness, that would show that we do not care about them or the marriage. If God felt that way about us, we would be doomed. A long time ago. Yep. Interestingly, oh, very God's interesting. been up to this to a while. People think 50 years of being with somebody is a long time. Is a long time. Talk about someone who's been doing it since the beginning since the of beginning time. Beginning of time. Like time was created and he goes, "Yep. I'm 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 in this for the long haul." Yeah, boy. God is long suffering. He's very patient, you know. Um But hey, this is crazy interesting. So, let's look at this. God intends to make the Israelites jealous by bringing us, the Gentiles, racially speaking, into the relationship. So please look with me in Romans 11. Romans 11.1, Paul writes, I ask then, has God rejected his people? By no means. For I myself am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham, a member of the tribe of Benjamin. Further down, what then? Israel failed to obtain what it was seeking. The elect obtained it, but the rest were hardened. Romans 11.8, as it is written, God gave them a spirit of stupor, eyes that would not see, and ears that would not hear, down to this very day. Finally, in Romans 11, 11 through 12, So I ask, did they stumble in order that they might fall? By no means. Rather, through their trespass, salvation has come to the Gentiles, so as to make Israel jealous. Now, if their trespass means riches for the world, and if the failure means riches for the Gentiles, how much more will their full inclusion mean? So God secures salvation for nations other than the Jews, so as to make Israel jealous. Brig, your salvation and my salvation is because we get salvation because God intends to make his people, racially speaking, jealous. And H what does he say? Hence Hosea. If their <laughs> trespass means riches for the world, and if their failure means riches for the Gentiles, speaking about Brig and I and everybody else in our boat, how much more will their full inclusion mean? So, yeah, that's a big and powerful statement, y'all. 
Jealousy is righteous if your spouse, or the other half of the covenant, as it were, breaks the covenant or dances on the line provoking jealousy. In 1 Corinthians 13.4, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. 2 Corinthians 11, 1 through 2. I wish you would bear with me in a little foolishness. Do bear with me, for I feel a divine jealousy for you, since I betrothed you to one husband to present you as a pure virgin in Christ. Okay. I think you should read that again. So in 2 Corinthians 11, 1 through 2, I wish you would bear with me in a little foolishness. Do please bear with me. For I feel a divine jealousy for you, since I betrothed you to one husband to present you as a pure virgin to Christ. There's a lot of there's a Paul lot. Paul is talking. There's about a lot in that one piece. Us, we are the bride of Christ. Right. He feels a divine jealousy for us, since we are betrothed to Christ as a pure that's, virgin. That's like that's like making to get some goosebumps, that's, doesn't that's it? Like, that's like chilly right yeah. there. Yeah. Wow. So what? That's the big question here, Brig. So what? In fact, all Christians should ask this question. Anytime you read scripture, it might be amazing, it might be powerful, and it might give you goosebumps, goosebumps, but you need to ask the question, so freaking what? But you have to have an answer. We are in a covenant with God, and that gives us rights to enter his family his home, his name, and life with him in a very literal marriage. And yet we stray, are unfaithful, disrespectful, and unloving to him when we sin, provoking his jealousy as a husband would be with an unfaithful wife. If we truly love God, we will set sit aside and do as he commands. And it's easy enough, right? Ha ha. No. No, it's not. I actually literally wrote LOL in there, but I never feel like actually laughing after I say that. You know? Because uh, <laughs> it's did not. Did you say LOL out loud? Uh, no, I didn't. <laughs> I should have, though. <laughs> because uh, if you did, it would be LOL, OL. LOL, OL, that's right. <laughs> uh, so, John 14, 15 through 17. 15 through 17. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Who is this? This is the Holy Spirit. This is the oneness we have in Christ, God with us. This is the Holy Spirit, the Helper. He is in our hearts. God has given him to us, to be in us, to give us the spirit of truth. And we have a hope in that he, God, knows our sin. He knows our sin. He knows that we sin and loves us 
through our sin. If he didn't love us, he wouldn't get jealous. We are his bride. He is a jealous God. His name is Jealous because he loves us. If we repent for our sins through a heart transformed by Christ, then he is just to forgive us our sins and welcome us home to an eternal matrimony with him. If you have a heart transformed in Christ, you have a hope because he is faithful. And that's the long and the short of it. That's the long and the short of it. So that's that's the sermon that I gave on Sunday, and that's what I gave. It's really you now. good. That's really good. Thank you. I'm glad you liked that. I uh, hope it was a blessing to everyone who heard it. Um, and uh, it was certainly a blessing for me to give it, because um, that was just absolutely wonderful. Um, so I, I just wanted to end a little bit, give you all a little bit of the joy that hopefully the congregation felt after I gave the sermon, not because of my words, but because of the words of God. And I think that we should close with the benediction from Jude one twenty four through 25. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God, our savior who alone is wise be glory and majesty dominion and power both now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. All righty. Do we have any more time in this section? We're going to, we're going to take a break right here. We'll We'll be right back. We are back. Yes, we are. All right. Well, I hope y'all enjoyed that. Um, I certainly enjoyed putting together the uh, the sermon, and I am so thankful for my wife, Juliana, who will eventually listen to this. Um, just because, like, my whole Saturday was spent, you know, like 14 hours just preparing for the sermon. Well, Bill, Martin, everybody says. And that's what, that's, that's what it takes, you know. And I understand that. Um, but I was just sitting there in the office. And just think, that's the that's one day. Yeah, that's just one that's day. That's not even that's like... a whole day. That's not even like configuring notes. Yeah, talking yeah, to, no. Talking to people in the church, handling church issues. Yeah. Being the secretary. <laughs> you know... There's a that that's only a portion of that's what just ministers a part go of it. But uh, I, I'm just saying that because we just went through. Yeah, yeah. Just that you know, you did a portion does. of what what he does. Yeah. They do every week. So anyway, I I understand that, and uh, it was really nice because I had those coffees in the morning, and then I didn't have anything into the evening, but I you know kept well actually in the middle of the day. Um, I went to Earl's to finish up the bolts and stuff and got, got a little more sippy sip there. And then uh, he always has in the sip. evening. When you say I went to Earl's, we assume you got a sippy yeah. sip. In the evening, uh, we had supper uh, and a beer. And then I went back in there to continue working. And then my wife would bring me beers in regular interval. And uh, we got that sermon done. It was wonderful. So thank you, my bride. You have... Uh, Good tasting beer. There we go. Yeah, absolutely. So all of that to say, 
Um, that was my week. You have to get her to take some <laughs> pictures of that uh, and put it on. Yeah, they might even have a picture of me up in the, the Facebook. I know they do because I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. The picture exists. So I, I really enjoy the uh, the hymns that I put in there. Come you sinners, poor and needy. I love that one. I did like your... Did you pick them? Or? I did, yeah. Okay. Come all Christians be committed. That's a really good one. And then the doxology. And then leaning on the everlasting arms. That's actually right there. Leaning on the everlasting arms. That is dad's favorite hymn. I don't think it used to be. Which is funny because it's on the edge of what he approves. It is. It is. It's funny because, you know, in fact, I don't if, know. if I agree, if I think correctly, it's on this end. Yeah. This of end. the area that he does yeah, not approve. For sure. But um, I don't know if it was his favorite hymn until the movie um, True Grit, the, the remake that came out not too. Well, I say not too long ago. It's probably been about 10 years now. But when that came out, you know, um, I'll, tr- it, I'll try not to say anything snarky. It was a good movie. It really was. Was it as snarky. good as the John Wayne? No. no, it wasn't. Was it closer to the book? Yeah, it was. And parts of it, parts the of acting it. and everything in it was was very good. And so I thought they did a really good job. But that's beside the point. At the very, very end of the movie. I don't know if that's beside the point. At the very end of the movie. There's a point there. They, um, you know. Some young lady sings, leaning on the everlasting arms, and dad just goes to tears. He just starts crying because it's just so beautiful to him. It which is, is beautiful. Which is funny because, like, my brother Nathaniel, he's like, it sounds terrible. Her voice is squeaky. It just sounds, ah. And dad's like, it's just beautiful. Dad loves it so much. And I think I know why. First off, it's a beautiful hymn. Second off, you know, you're leaning on the arms of your Savior. You know, this is your Father in Heaven. They're everlasting. It's a warm embrace. It's very, a very warm embrace. And then um, on top of that, the way she sings it in the in the movie, um, it's a very kind of uh, Western uh, prairie life country song and stuff like that. You know, Dad really relates with the the. The, the country, prairie church, you know, whatever. Um, What's funny just is that cause that's, was... that's kind of what he, I don't know if that's what he grew up with, but, you know, when you go to a country church, you know, you hear a lot of kind of raw singing, if you will, in that it's not, it's not professionally or beautifully done. It's, you know, somebody, it's somebody's voice just out of a church and, you know, there, there's, there's a rawness to it. But it's beautiful in that rawness. You know what I mean? Yeah. I remember it's like rough cut wood versus like highly polished. My great grandmother and I, there was a lot with my great grandmother. You know, I mean, I, she she passed away several years ago. But for the for the many years prior to me moving to North Carolina, I would say a solid five years. Yeah, um, I was her ongoing. I say ongoing part time. It was dependent on how severe the situation was. Uh-huh. I basically lived in her house. Yeah. Um, you know, I was, I was there. If I wasn't there, I was maybe at home, but that five year period, I was living out of suitcase. Yeah. It was, there was always stuff packed so I could get over there to nanny's house if I needed to. Uh, I wanted to be at home if I could, but if I needed to, my bags were ready to rock and roll. Yeah. Um, everything I needed. 
And one thing I never forgot when I went to her house was my guitar. Yeah. Because she liked to sit on her porch. That was that was one big thing. If I'm yep. going to do nothing else, I'm going to sit on my porch. And for many years, we I, I think we being, not me, being other people suggested, maybe we should go to a retirement home. And she said, no. I mean, this this woman is the the reason I'm stubborn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I remember her telling my uncle uh, at one point, and he said, you know, this might be something to consider. And she said, no. She said, the next place I'm moving is the cemetery. Mm-hmm. That's going to be my next move. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, I'm not even going to argue. Like, we're done. <laughs> uh, but I will say, I, I randomly sang that to her one time. Uh, just pulled out some music, and I was like, I'm tired of singing the same five songs. Yeah. Let's just play something new. And I sang that, and she told me a story, and she said she remembers. It's, she said it's kind of a shady memory, like a, you know, she remembers pieces. Yep. But uh, she remembers riding in a covered wagon to, to Bee Dyes because mm-hmm. they, they, they lived in Midland at the time. Oh, wow. It was and, a long ride. Yeah, so it's a, it was a long ride. I, I, if I remember correctly, it was Midland to, to the, the Bee Dyes area. Yeah. And uh, she remembered her, her dad singing that yeah on the on the way over wow and so she was like that's a very that's a very close to home song for me now i don't know if she ever told me i never heard that that was one of the songs she liked until i just played it for you know Uh, she said that's that's one that resonates with me wow um and i I would every once in a while sing something she'd like i want you to play that for me every time you come over Mm -hmm. that was one of the ones she was like from now on i want you to to play that for me when you come over and i said okay Absolutely. There was about five songs. There was one like it was "Drive for Daddy Jean" by Alan Jackson. She just loved that song, and I've 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 played I played it till I was blue in the face. So now it's like when that comes <laughs> up and and I see it in my in my queue of things that I play. I'm just like, no, next. Um, you know, I've I've played nothing that. wrong with it. No, I've it too just, many times. I've played it till I'm blue in the face. And there's some songs, and I and I'll be honest, it's um, it's more of a. I played that for her and I'm not going to play it for anybody else. There are some songs that I have played that I will never play again. Mm-hmm. And it's just because that was something special between me and her. Yeah. And there's about three songs I can think of. I'll never play again. Yeah. Um, one being I'll fly away. Mm-hmm. I'll never play it again. I can't even stand to hear it saying anymore. Yeah. Um, just brings me to tears, but I'll never play that again. Um, farther along. She loved that song. Mm-hmm. I will never play that song again. Um, and there was and leaning on the or uh, I mean, um, leaning on the drive. No, drive for Daddy Jean. That oh, was Daddy that Jean, was yeah. something you know is between between me and her. And I played that one the most. So even if I wanted to, I'm just like, no. Yeah. Uh, but uh, those were those were three songs that I've just kind of. Those are that's a memory. Yeah, I played that. Very good memory. I can play it, and I'm fine with it. But uh, the last time I I played farther along, uh, and I I did not sing it. I played the harmonica because she she called them French harps because that's what they used to call them. Huh. Uh, they were they were named harmonica. That harmonica is a new term, is it? Okay, because uh, it, it it covers the whole harmonic. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's but they used to originally they were called French harps. Huh. And, uh, so she, she, she loved to hear me play the French harp because yeah. she had family members that did. In fact, her, her cousin doc, who's still around, I showed you some, 
stuff of his mm-hmm. a while back. He's the one with the really good mustache. Yes, yes. And Doc, he gave me my first French harp when I was probably eight years old. I was probably Dakota's age, yeah, yeah. eight years old. And I still have it somewhere. But uh, I played, the last time I played farther along was at her funeral, and I played the French harps. Yeah. That was, that was it. But anyway, Leaning on the Everlasting Arms, I love that song. And that just, when you said that, made me think of that. That was one of her. Yeah. Her songs that she gave me a little tidbit about. That's cool. That's really cool. But it is a beautiful song. And mm-hmm. the meaning, when you actually like strip it away, the meaning is it's really nice. Oh, it's incredible. It really is. But Yep. Yep. So anyway, that's that's all I got for you. That's yeah, I mean I we were kinda yeah, it was kind of your stage today. Yeah, yeah. Well I hope it played a good tune. Yeah, it was uh, it was very good. Like I said, chill bumps, you know. But yeah, there yeah. there was some stuff that uh I always love it when stuff comes up that you don't ever think about. Yes. You know, that's that's always that's always pleasant to the mind. It starts to get deep real quick. But uh anyway, if we go ahead and pray out, you want me to pray for us? Yes, please. Awesome. Uh, Lord, I uh I thank you for Stuart and I'm I'm so thankful that he was uh able to actually get up there and, and preach for Martin. That is uh such a blessing to to everyone, uh, as well as himself, I'm sure. Like it's uh it's a humbling experience to be able to do something like that and it's uh it's all for your glory, Lord, and we we uh want to glorify you in everything that we do. And we ask that you would continue to to provide opportunities for us to glorify you. We uh, we thank you for the the listeners that we have, and we uh, we thank you that we are able to glorify you through this podcast. And we ask that you would guide, guard, and protect us as we go throughout this week. And uh, your name we pray, and your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. And with that, say adios. adios.